Saturday, December 19th, 2020, you are listening to the Inquisitor Bro Podcast. On today's episode, the NBA season is only three days away and we are getting you ready for the Eastern Conference. Giannis signs the Supermax. Are the Nets the favorites to come out of the conference? Is Harden headed east? Is Ben Simmons on the trading block? And will LaMelo Ball lead MJ's Hornets to the promised land? For the first time in over a decade, the East is a beast. Let's get right into it. I'm Andrew. He's Chris. Let's go. Alright, so we are talking about the Eastern Conference. This is part one of our NBA preview shows. This is the East. If you're also interested in the West, if you have a bias towards the Pacific rather than the Atlantic, also check out our Western Conference preview as in part two. Chris, you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so how I'm going to start is I'm going to give you the way I think the East is going to shake out after the regular season, and you can tell me if I'm right on the money or full of crap. <laughs> okay, let's go. Uh, I got the Bucks winning the East again. Makes sense. Celtics didn't do much in the offseason, but they have a young core. I think they're going to come back better and stronger. Celtics have the number two spot. Yeah, that's possible, yeah. Safe pick, I think. Uh, I got the Nets, who are not a safe pick. Big wild card in the East. We're going to get into them a lot, but I got them finishing third, assuming everybody's healthy and Kyrie doesn't throw a hissy fit. <laughs> assuming Kyrie doesn't throw a hissy fit, he's obviously going to throw a hissy there fit. There are big assumptions with my third choice here. <laughs> Bucks, Celtics, Nets. Hometown Raptors at number four. It's a solid, safe pick. Hometown Raptors? You mean Tampa Bay Raptors? Yes, correct. We are playing south of the border this year. Hopefully not for the whole year. Hopefully they come back up. But yeah, fourth pick. I still have them home court advantage in the first round. Number five, and this is a toss-up between four and five, but I put them in fifth because they are not a regular season team, although they are a tough threat in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler's Miami Heat. Yeah. I potentially could have put them number two, but after you get past the Bucks, I think a bunch of these teams in the top tier of the East are kind of interchangeable. They have like similar ceilings and floors. It depends how they go, but I don't mind this. Number six, the always underachieving 76ers. Now, there's a big caveat with my number six pick because I am assuming their roster stays unchanged. Again, we will get into this, but they seem to be the front runner to land Harden if Harden has moved. Yeah, Harden has moved yet. He might move any day. By the time we post this, it may be, uh, <laughs> it might not be relevant anymore if Harden may have moved. But if Harden goes to the 76ers, then I would assume you would probably put them at number two, maybe number one. I think this team works so well, much better. I, I mean, I think it depends what the package is, because realistically, if Harden is going to the Sixers, Sims is going to Houston. Yeah, okay, but Harden and Embiid as a duo, when you look at this team, just makes a lot of sense, and I think they're better. Than I think there are, are marginally... The mismatch of the yeah, middle teams. Marginally better, but I'm not putting them anything higher than fifth. Maybe they have a better regular season You're not putting Harden. them higher than fifth if they have Harden. No, I'm really not. I mean, since when was the last time Houston with Harden was better than fourth or fifth in the West? Uh, two years ago. Yeah. So like, they, I know they had they had the best record in the league. Like, they had a much different ago. team, right? They had coming in, they had Chris Paul. Yeah, they had Harden. <laughs> they had yeah, Harden, man. I know. I think Harden, like, with the the spacing works so much better. Like, one of the things, like, we can get into about the 76ers is the fact that Ben Simmons and Embiid, and I know people talk about how, like, actually the stats say that they're like not bad together. That was two years ago with JJ Redick. They had pretty good. Um, lineup data because um, they had a spacing shooter and you're going to say like now they have Seth Curry blah 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 it'll be better thing is that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons operate in the exact same airspace ideally close to the basket what happens now is either the driving lanes are too clogged for Ben Simmons ideally or Joel Embiid likes to hang out at the three-point line and just launch threes which he loves to do so adding Harden just makes the basketball fit that much better I think they would be really good if they did. Okay, but. I got some more points on those teams, but we will get into yeah. it later on. Um, so I got Sixers at 6th. I have the Wizards at 7th. Ooh, Beal and okay. Westbrook. 
Okay, now that I disagree with, but I see the Wizards still being in the playing round, but okay, you're a little high on the Wiz. We can talk about that. Yeah, I mean, like, let's be honest, that team was just Bradley Beal for two years. Um, John Wall hasn't (laughs) played a game for them since 2018. That's true. Russell Westbrook is better than the empty slot that was their point guard position prior to. Yeah, so So. there's no way they're worse. No, they're definitely better. It's just whether they're good enough. I have them in seventh. Uh, This might be a surprise, but I don't think it should be. Hawks are the eighth seed. They had a really big offseason. I don't hate it. Yeah. Then I'll breeze through the non-playoff teams quick. Pacers. Don't breeze through these play-in round teams. Okay. This is new this year, right? Yeah. Well, we had it in the bubble. We have it again. So now the ninth and 10th seed after the regular season will still have a chance to make the playoffs with the play-in tournament. So I have 9-10 Pacers Hornets. Makes sense. Not sure if Oladipo is still a Pacer uh, by trade deadline, but we will see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. They might go down to the wire with him, you know. Because they have a good team. Like, if Oladipo is happy there, they got T.J. Warren coming off a hot bubble, and Sabonis, who's now healthy. Well, first of all, like, since Giannis signed the Supermax, and now people assume Drew Holiday will probably resign, et cetera, et cetera, you look at the 2021 free agency, and it's basically just been blown up. It's no better than, it was, than this year's free agency was. Ipso facto, <laughs> Victor Oladipo now is primed to be potentially if not the most coveted, like the second most coveted free agent in this year's free agency class. That means there's no way he's going to be going back to the Pacers because there's tons of teams with cap space that have been saving up their cap space. They'll be like, shit, someone's going to throw yeah. $30 million at Victor Oladipo. Which means... Someone threw $30 million at Gordon Hayward, right? Well, we're going to talk about that. No one should ever throw $30 million at Gordon Hayward. Yeah, so people do stupid things. People do, it but It only see, takes one. This means that this is a contract year for Oladipo now which means he could be poised to have a really big, healthy season, which means that ninth seed for the Pacers might be a little bit low. Yeah, maybe. I mean, this is a really good, solid, scrappy team, good defense, fundamentally sound. They've been good the past few years. It's just their ceiling just wasn't that high. But if you have Oladipo, who, if he shows flashes that he did two years ago prior to his injury, with Malcolm Brogdon, with TJ Warren, who's they stole from the Phoenix Suns, and DeMontis Sabonis, who's a beast, then, yeah, this team can be good. But I think nine is about their floor. Yeah, um, I think so, too. Their reasonable floor. They're definitely at least a playing round. They'll, be, they'll, they'll factor into uh, the, the conversation. For There's sure. a huge gap between them and the Hornets, who I have at 10th. Yeah. Now, after the Hornets, here's a little hot take for you. There are one, two, three, four, five teams left in the East that I haven't mentioned. If you take the best players from all five teams that I'm about to mention, they still won't make the playoffs. We've got the Magic, the Pistons, the Bulls, the Knicks, and the Cavs. Make a super team with those five teams, they still miss the playoffs. And it's not even close. That's the funny thing. <laughs> I don't know. I think they might... St- if you take the best players from each of these teams, like... Who are we talking... Okay, so we got Aaron Gordon. We got Blake Griffin, who's probably going to break a bone. Blake, Zach Levine. Yeah. The Knicks have nobody, and the Cavs have nobody. So you, Cavs you got, have... Co- hold on, Sexton. Your top three players are Aaron Gordon, Kevin Blake Love. Griffin... Uh, true, Kevin Love, okay. Maybe it's a fringe playoff team. Mitchell Robinson at center, guy blocks every shot, also fouls everything that moves. The but fact that we're having this debate means that it's touch and go there for these guys. <laughs> but anyway, they don't have much top end time. Yeah, that's how I see it playing out. Let's get right into uh, our burning questions. These are the hot takes in the East. You want to leave it off? Or? Yeah, so for the listeners out there, we uh, instead of just breaking down every single team, we have instead broken down the conference into... 10 burning questions that will hopefully try to hit every team. And if we don't hit your team, apologies, we'll do it during the season. Maybe your team is, just isn't that relevant. So, But better times ahead. Yeah, we'll better times hopeful. ahead. But so let's start with the first question of the Eastern Conference. Is this the year 
that Giannis and the Bucks break through and make it to the finals. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about what they did on the offseason. They tried to sign and trade for Bogdan Bogdanovich with the Kings. That failed. Failed somehow. Uh, still not sure how that happened, but it did. It was a sign and trade, and you have to sign the guy before you trade the guy. But yeah. they tried to trade him and then say, hey, take this contract. He's like, hey, I can make more if I don't. And then now he's on the Hawks. Correct. But prior to that, they managed to trade for Drew Holiday, which was a big pickup. They sent Bledsoe, George Hill, and some filler. Um, that's a great move for them. That was huge. We talked about this in the prior podcast, so let's not get too much into this issue. But yes, Drew Holiday is a much bigger upgrade for this team. But hold up. Let's look at the question you actually asked. Are they going to break through and make the finals this year, right? My answer is not as currently constructed. Like, this team is great, and they are the number one team in the league the past few years for a reason. Because they're Um, built for the regular season. They have a really good system that's built to beat up on really bad teams and a lot of really good teams, but they have clear deficiencies. One, they get really jammed up in half-court offense. This team's weaknesses are really Giannis's weaknesses. When Giannis is not getting to the rim or getting in transition, then this team does struggle. Giannis has no, like, forget about the fact that he can't shoot a three consistently. He's not awful at it, but you're not respecting it. My problem is, in between the rim and the three-point line, he's useless. Like, you know he's passing. He's he's either driving or he's going to have to kick it out because he has no reliable mid-range game, no nothing that can really, um, when you get into the playoffs, where you need to hit some really tough shots, he doesn't have that unless he's dunking over you or getting to the rim, which means, like, as good as Giannis is as a player, he has his deficiencies, and so that needs to be picked up by the rest of the roster. And what they really need still, I think, is a, um, a playmaker in the half court. Drew Holiday is a great upgrade over Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. That can't be denied. But Drew Holiday is not like your traditional point guard. He's kind of a combo guard. He can score the ball. He can defend marvelously. And uh, that's going to be good for their defensive scheme. But he's not the type of guy that's going to give the ball to Giannis in positions where he succeeds. Like Think about like Kyle Lowry with Kawhi Leonard and also Serge Ibaka. How Kyle was really good at like putting the ball where they need to put it and let them do their thing. That's not really Drew's game. Yeah, but see, I completely disagree with this point because they don't need a traditional point guard to feed Giannis the ball where he wants it. The issue that they had in the playoffs was their half-court offense. Yeah, well, it they was need stagnant. a playmaker. So, well, yeah, but they need a playmaker in the half-court who can create his own shots and yeah. create for Giannis. What you're saying is the same thing with with Kyle and the Raptors. They don't need, I can feed Giannis the ball on the post or up top and get it to where he wants to go to ISO. That's the problem with their offense was the too much Giannis half-court ISO, which he doesn't have. That's not his game. Right, no. So Drew being able to create his own offense in the half-court, aside from Giannis, opens up the floor for him. I think that's what they really needed. This is not going to be enough to get them out of the east but it is a great step in the right direction i feel like we're talking about the same thing though like so we both agree that they probably need like one more half court playmaker whether that be they needed bogdanovich look first of all i think dante divincenzo is still a really good player i don't actually think that the loss of or the not getting of bogdanovich is that fatal i think it got way overblown this guy's good but not amazing i think you can like he's he's a starter in the league but he's no star he's no like superstar they need to find someone who works for their team I think they'll get that at the trade deadline, but I think they need another half-court playmaker uh, who can, yes, create his own shot a little, dish a little, and I think that kind of combination with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton would make them a surefire finals potential team. But otherwise, I don't see this team being drastically different than they were the last two years. I still see similar deficiencies. I think they're better, but thinner. And um, they may end up losing in the conference finals second round again if they get a bad matchup. We touched on it in the intro, but Giannis did end up signing the Supermax, which was the big news of the offseason, which everyone was waiting for. Five-year, 200 million million. So that's, he's sticking around. That's huge for them because, one, like, 
I mean, great for the NBA that like someone stays around and in it's a not small constant, market. Yeah, and it's not constant tabloids. Shows that the supermax works a little bit. One, two, like it'll help the Bucks in that they don't have to deal with the constant distraction of the reporters being like. What are you thinking now? Like, how are you feeling? Are you going to leave? Are you going to leave? Are you going to leave? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, when they blew the Bogdanovich trade, we knew that this was going to be a big offseason for them to put pieces around Giannis to try and convince him to, to re-sign. When that trade fell through and they only got Drew Holiday, I was sure that wasn't going to be enough for him to stay put and sign. And yet, he surprised me and did. This is not about Giannis necessarily being like, yo, this team is going to be stacked and going to win tons of championships. This is him being... I'm a very loyal person. This is for my family. And he also thinks he can win one, at least one here. I'm super loyal. Thank you very much for the check worth $228 Yeah, and like million. at the end of the day, maybe he requests a trade three years from now or something. I don't believe that. That seems to be an arc that people are talking about. I think he rides it out the entire time. And, uh, I mean, he'll end it when he's like 29, and then maybe he can leave. And he'll be a hero in Milwaukee. Like, they'll probably understand better, you know, more yeah. time there. But. To answer the the question that I posed to you, but I'll answer my own question. I think you agree with me. I don't think the the Bucks are ready yet. I still think they. I think they'll probably win number one in the East, and I think they'll find that the playoffs are very difficult. I don't like Chris Middleton as your second best player unless they have a little more. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Let's move on. Uh, next question: Who should want Harden more? Brooklyn Nets, Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, I think it's clearly the Philadelphia 76ers. Yep, I agree. Wow, we're, we're in lockstep today. <laughs> I know. This is not what I thought was going to happen. We never agree on no, anything. No. We'll, we'll start disagreeing on stuff, I'm sure. But let's start with what the Nets need. Like, look at the Nets. What is Harden? He's a ball-handling scorer. The Nets have that in spades. The Nets, what they need is maybe someone who can defend a little and score a little. Like... James Harden is just uh, duplicating what they're already good at. I think the Nets are going to fill up the basket. James Harden and Kyrie Irving together, why do you need both of them? You don't. So I don't think this is where the the Nets should move their assets, even though I'm sure if they could trade for James Harden, they would and try to figure it out later. I actually think the Nets are fine without James Harden. Whereas the 76ers, I don't think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are a championship duo because I think and we kind of talked about this in the lead, I think they kind of play the same position, and I think that they don't complement each other well at all, despite people saying, like, oh, look at the net rating on their lineups and stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Fine, like, they're both two good players. You Hold up, you said, they, you, played the, you said they play the same position. What you mean is Embiid and Simmons take up the same position on the court, as in they're both at the basket well, scorers. Well, I, I actually think that Ben Simmons' future is, like, as a center, like a small ball center slash power forward kind of someone who gets rebounds, runs down the uh, runs in transition. I, I, think based on, I think he's like a Giannis light. I think that's what yeah, he should be. Yeah, but do you know what? Based on the, the championship Laker team that we just saw, I think that's a little idealistic. Like, they Lakers went big, and they broke the small ball mold. Well, so yeah, Simmons but, at the five is not going to work if that's your opponent. The Lakers didn't big, big, go big. They just have big, skilled guys. Like, they're just their no, team. They, they, they physically went big. Like, if you looked at the height of their lineup... They were one of the biggest teams in the league. If yeah, not the well, biggest it, helps team when, league. it helps when your best players are also your biggest players. Like, yeah. LeBron and AD are unique guys. You're just not going to find those types of guys. So they have a very unique mix, and it's one of the reasons why they're the favorite this year. Yeah, so um, I, I think you're right, though, with Philly. Like, I think if, if one of the teams between Nets and Sixers got to land Harden, I, I don't think it's the Nets at all, to be honest with you. This is the first iteration of this Nets team. They got nothing but time on their side. Their young core is young. Not, well, KD's are, K, well, hold up. KD's in his early 30s. Kyrie's in his early 30s. The Levert, uh, Dinwiddie, Allen, young core is still young. Uh, this is the first time they're running with this uh, this roster. I think they got more time than Sixers. Sixers have one year, right? Say they don't land Harden and this fails, 
they're done. You will not. This is the last time we will see the Simmons and Bede duo run together if this year does not work. See, I, I completely disagree with you there. I mean, if they don't get Harden, the 76ers, that is, and they run with Embiid and Simmons and it doesn't work out, well, they'll obviously explore trades. I agree. But if not, they'll still keep them. They'll still be in the playoff mix and everything. And they're still, these two young, are young stars in their prime. Eventually, they'll probably trade one to try to find a better fit. You probably move to Bradley Beal like a potential Bradley Beal trade if Harden doesn't work out. But their two best players are still in their uh, young, to, like low to mid-20s, right? So they have time. I don't think the Nets have that much time. It's time to do it now. This is what it's about, winning a championship either this year or next year because you got Kevin Durant coming off an Achilles injury and he's in his uh, early 30s. And yes, guys can like age more gracefully this year, but there's no denying that both him and Kyrie Irving are exiting their main prime and now entering kind of the tail end of their prime and you don't know about their health situation specifically Kyrie who's been glass basically his entire career going back to Duke he's only one time played a season where he hasn't missed at least 10 games yeah and I don't see that changing this guy is just takes bumps hard but we're getting off topic I think we both agree for this question Harden better to go on the 76ers than the Nets yeah they need him Okay, we're switching to the next question. Andrew, I'll pose it to you. Where do the Nets finish this year? Okay, so I actually have them going to the conference finals, and then it's anybody's guess. I think I still like Miami to come out of the East, um, just because we don't really know what that, what's going to happen with the Nets, right? We don't know right. if people are going to be healthy. We don't know if Kyrie's uh, going to be a good teammate, if he's going to be professional. I think the big question here is who's going to hold them all together, and the guy in charge right now is Steve Nash. Is he going to command the respect of these somewhat highly volatile players? And I think if he can do that, these guys have nothing but talent. I think they'll be okay. If he can't and dysfunction starts to creep into this organization, you could see an early exit because the locker room is at odds. Similar to the Clippers this year. Right, yeah. They definitely respect Steve Nash for now, and it'd be hard not to respect him. I mean, he seems like a really like stand-up guy. But do they consider him famer. a peer more than a sensei of a coach, more than a Popovich, more than a Jackson? Is he more? Do they look at him more as an equal I think when you have Katie and Kyrie, they'll only respect you if they see you as your equal. <laughs> so hopefully they do, and they realize that he's their coach as well. But I think, I think Kyrie said on like one of Katie's podcasts that they'll have like a holistic approach. To paraphrase, to have a holistic approach on how they go about coaching, i.e., Kevin Durant and Kyrie might be calling some plays themselves or how they feel like, and that's fine in a lot of in a lot of places. Like guys who have earned, shown that they can play basketball, like they can call their own plays. There's like a a give and take. It just Steve is going to have to massage this relationship delicately, which I'm sure he will. I really like this roster if they can keep it together I because th- they have top heavy talent and then they do have depth. I think this team is going to be able to score in bunches. They might lead the league in scoring, but I have serious questions about their defense, their team defense. When you have Kevin Durant coming off an Achilles injury, maybe like laterally he might not be as quick. Offensively, I'm sure he'll be fine, but defensively he might take a step back. Kyrie Irving, never the defender. Spencer Dinwiddie, not exactly defender. DeAndre Jordan, still good at the rim, but he's slowing down and on the perimeter when he's switching on the pick and roll uh, might not be that good a situation. They've lost some of their good defenders and really their only good defender right now like I can think of is like Bruce Brown. All that to say, I think that might hurt them and I see them as a second round exit. Potentially to like Miami as well though. Like it depends how the matchups work out, Correct. but I could totally see them losing in the second round. I don't yeah, think I they're mean, a finals they hit, team yet. Yeah, if they hit Miami in the second round, that's going to be their toughest test, I think. Um, if not then I can see them going to the conference finals, but we'll see how it all shakes out. One quick, one, one quick thing on the Nets, like to finish off, like just because Ky- Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the same team, why is this a championship team? 
necessarily. Like, think about uh, the last time KD had only one star on his team. That was in OKC with Russell Westbrook. How'd that work out? They didn't make the finals. They were a good team, but they didn't make the finals, and they were never, like, the finals, uh, the the title favorite every single year. Like, this is going to be tough for them. I worry how this team is going to look, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant specifically, once they realize that it's harder than they thought to win games and compete, like they actually have to work hard, because I swear to God, part of them going to Brooklyn was for branding and business purposes, and not necessarily just basketball. So when things kind of get tough, and like, oh shit, man, like we're playing like the Pacers on the second night of a back-to-back, and they're trying hard, and I don't want to try hard, fuck! Like, Yeah, it could be. It could be. I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, it's certainly a possibility, but I mean, these guys are both ex-champions. Like, I, I think yeah. they can they can put their pedal to the metal when they need to. But we'll see. Possibility. All right, let's jump into the next question. I will tee you up of the top teams in the East. Two are going to lose in the first round. Who's it going to be? I will read them off: the Bucks, the Nets, the Heat, the Raptors, the Celtics, or the Sixers. Two teams not going to make it past the first round. Who's it going to be? That's the crazy thing about the East, right? And the West is kind of similar, too. You have all these good teams, and you talk about them, it's like, man, this team's good, this team's good. Then you realize, just by the math, two of these teams are going to lose in the first round. I hate to say it, yeah, but I think... I think we, I, hold up, I think we're going to agree about think, what you're about to say. I think our Tampa Bay Raptors are uh, potentially first-round fodder this year. I think so, too. They're not any better than they were last year. I don't think they're worse. I think they're just about the same, but... I think they actually are a tad bit worse. Lowry... Maybe. It has to be on the decline at this point, even if it's marginal, right? There's no way he's improving at this point in his career. We lost Mark and Ibaka not only as players but as locker room guys. Yeah, We did replace him with big men but not to the same caliber. Um, Pascal's going to be a little bit better. Fred got a big contract, so hopefully he's still as hungry Fred's as he was. I'm, pretty, I'm very high on OG. I know you like OG and it seems like the rest of the league is picking up on that. Um, OG could be good. Uh, we're still going to be a top team. And listen, if, if I'm wrong and they get out of the first round, I won't be surprised. Here's my take on the Tampa Bay Raptors, which I will be calling them the Tampa Bay Raptors the whole season, is they, because of their infrastructure and the types of talents that they have around them, I think they have a very high floor. I don't see them tanking out. I see them being solid to good every night. I think their defense plays. They'll still have a very good defensive team. I don't think they have a very high ceiling because this team is the same team that struggled in the half court and got absolutely bogged down by the Celtics, and other teams can do that too. Like Once you limit their transition... They can look very clunky on the offensive end in the half court, and then they just end up launching a three, which... Yeah, I mean, the guy we were going to in the half court, aside from Lowry, was supposed to be Siakam, and he was a complete no-show. So hopefully he has a bounce-back season. Siakam's like, Siakam's a... It can't be worse. No, stop. It it cannot be worse. Yeah, but he still might struggle a little bit in in the half court. Siakam's strengths are in transition, and he also has a pretty good above-the-break three when he's not completely broken like the Celtics broke him just like the Mavericks did in 2011 against LeBron yeah not nearly as publicized but kind of same result okay before we leave the Raptors I got one more question for you are the best days of this iteration of the Toronto Raptors behind them obviously the big offseason news was Giannis signing we all know the Raptors were somewhat in contention to get him now that that's off the table are the best days of the Lowry Red Raptors over the Lowry led Raptors yeah, probably. I think considering his salary right now, and if we want max cap space next year, we'll probably have to let him go, etc. I think this is the end of that iteration of this team. I think we'll still be good for years to come because of the core that's still in place. OG, Fred, Siakam, plus our development system. And we'll still have a max slot. But I think this team in the next two years is going to look vastly different 
than it does this year. And I think some characters we've seen for years on end on this team are going to be in different spots. There and are that's, two, that's what happens in the NBA. But the I two biggest done. free agents this offseason were one, Giannis, and two, Masai. One of them has signed. Masai has yet to sign. All eyeballs are on him and his contract situation. Do you think he re-signs with the Raptors now that Giannis is off the table? I do. I don't think... I mean, we've talked about this off-pod, and I think a little on-pod as well, but I don't think Masai is going to stay forever with the Raptors. However, I do think that he'll stay a little bit longer. Now, let's not forget, like, Bobby Webster's second guy in command is a very highly regarded executive. He wouldn't be the second in command with Masai if he didn't think somewhat like Masai. I think the Raptors will still be fine if Masai ever leaves, which he probably will, to either go to another basketball team or something else. He seems to have uh, global aspirations about stuff. It's not the end of the world. We have a good infrastructure. The The organization itself is strong. Like, this is how leadership works, right? Guy moves out, another yeah. guy moves in, continues, passes the torch. So I'm not too worried about that. But Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully to answer, resigns. to finish, though, this question, though, I, I think the Tampa Bay Raptors are probably going to, could potentially lose in the first round. And the other one, Boston Celtics. Really? That's not who I had. Look, there's a lot of teams that are potentially, like the Miami Heat could lose in the first round. But... The that's Boston al- that's also not who I had. So hold up. Out of the teams I named, you think that the Celtics and the Heat have a better chance of losing in the first round than the Sixers? Yeah, I think the Sixers are going to be pretty good this year. Based on what? Based on they have a tremendous defense. They're, they're coming they're, back with the same team, less no, Al Horford and Danny Green. Yes, they are. Well, you mean adding Danny Green? Yes. Yeah. They've Less, lost Horford, they Seth added Curry, Danny Green. Look, Seth Curry, I think... Seth was a good pickup, yeah, but he's not I enough to get them past team, the first round. I think this team makes more sense as a basketball team. I think the lanes are going to be open a little bit more because they added more shooting. Um, I think they'll they'll benefit from better coaching. When was Doc the last Rivers. time Danny Green made a three-pointer? In the finals, I assume. One. He, I think he made one. Or two. <laughs> look, I said, look, These are not monumental I'm not, changes I'm for not, them. I'm, I'm not high on the 76ers because of Danny Green. The Celtics? You think the Celtics are going to be bouncing the first round over the Sixers? They have a max point guard who has a knee issue and might not be able to be 100%. You're nuts. They've lost... Like, let me talk about the Celtics a little bit. They've lost Gordon Hayward, which is fine, but, like, he was still a good player for them, so they've lost some of their depth. They're putting a lot of uh, reliance on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who are both great players, and I love that one-two punch duo. But those guys are scorers, and I think that they struggle kind of facilitating a little bit. The Raptors almost beat them, and the Raptors were not as good a team as them. The Celtics were a better team, and they kind of almost beat them, and they looked very clunky in the half court as well. And against the Heat, they got barn rushed. When things get bogged down, basically what the Celtics ended up relying on is a step-back three from Jason Tatum, which goes in sometimes. That's how good he is. But I think that this team, their two best players, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, need to work on their playmaking a little bit. I worry about their depth. I worry about their center position. You worry about the depth of the Celtics? I do. They got Marcus Smart. They got Daniel Tice. Yeah, but Marcus Smart is, smart, is a starter. That's another thing I worry about. Marcus Smart, I really like him. Yeah. I worry about the fact that he has the biggest balls on the team. Right. And down the crunch time, I think he might take too many shots. Well, we saw in the playoffs against the Raptors. There was, he did. He was easily doing high teens shot attempts per game. Yeah, he loves it. I mean, like I said, he's the biggest balls on the team. He has no fear. And that can be a good thing and a bad thing. I think when Marcus Smart is reeled in a little bit, he's amazing. He is a disruptor out there, and I love that. But when you let him go, (laughs) free reign, he's going to be jacking up threes. I think this team might struggle a little bit, is all I'm saying. They could also make the conference finals. That's the thing about the Eastern Conference. A lot of these teams lose in the first round, make the conference finals. (laughs) You really narrowed down that take. That's pretty wide range. Raptors and Celtics, that's what I said. Who are yours? 
Wait. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, Sixers and Raptors. Okay. I, I got no hope for the Sixers. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Inquisitive Bro Podcast. We know you listen to us, but more importantly, we want to hear from you. Did you disagree with one of our takes? Did you catch a mistake that we made? Do you have your own take about something we discussed that maybe we didn't consider or fail to mention? If that's the case, we want to hear from you. Hit us up on Instagram at the Inquisitive Bro. Or if you want to just reach out and say what up, that's cool too. If you make a good point, bring us an interesting take of your own, or you get us talking about something cool you brought to the table, you just may hear us giving you a shout out and discussing your take on our next podcast. All right, well, we're not done yet. As always, thanks for listening. Now, back to the pod. All right, let's go. Next question. Most likely conference finals teams in the East. We've touched on it a little bit. Give us your two. Yeah, so I guess I'm going with the Bucks and the Heat. I think that's uh, I think that's going to be the conference finals matchup in the East this year. I got the Heat and the Nets. I mean, like you said it yourself, you don't expect Milwaukee to be that much different. Yeah. And they're going to have to get past the Nets or the Heat to get I there. I think they can get past the Nets. I don't know. I think that I think the Heat were... We talked about this... In the preview, I literally said I think the Heat are a terrible matchup for them, and it proved to be the case. Yeah. Matchup depending, I think the Milwaukee Bucks can totally make the conference finals. If, if Middleton steps up in the playoffs and doesn't disappear down the stretch like he normally does, they could have a good chance. Yeah, but Middleton disappears. That's what he does. All right, a little bit more fun. Best league pass team, worst league pass team. So this is the the, the kind of the sleeper team that you know aren't going to be very good, but you enjoy watching them anyway. They could be really good. It's just the ones best. Best is just who do you like watching? Okay, fair enough. Best league pass team, I'm going with the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. Trey Young it. is just excitement. Yeah. That guy just jacks up threes anywhere. He is a scoring machine. Yes, he is. He's. I think he's really good on offense. He's a DH, though. He can't defend worse shit. Well, but, he's, he's so small. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just naturally, if you're bigger, you're going to be a little better at defense, yeah. right? No, that's and a good one. And they're going to have a good team this year, I'm telling you. They had a great yeah. offseason. Yeah. Um, and they got more shooters around them, too. Daniil Gonari, good pickup. Uh, John Collins can really throw it down. He uh, got, also landed Rondo. So yeah, he, like, yeah. That's, that's some great depth. Yeah, any team with Rondo is fun. Yep, my best league pass team in the East is the Hornets. I mean, LaMelo Ball is going to be exciting. Hopefully he's on a bust. I don't think he will be. If there's anything that he's good at, it's creative, offensive talent. So that's always fun to watch. LaMelo Ball is going to be instant attention. He's going to do crazy stuff. He's basically just Harlem Globetrotters out there. He's going to do really dumb things. He's going to do really amazing things. Yeah. Definitely worth the watch. I think also, $30 million Gordon Hayward if he gets back from his broken finger, and I'm sure he'll have a litany of other injury issues. Uh, can we, <laughs> I, I mean, we're going to talk about that at some point, I'm sure, but, like, man, Gordon Hayward, like, I never would have given him that contract. So stupid. What about the fact that they actually they stretched Nick Batum, um, who was in the last year's deal, for the rights, basically for the honor of paying Gordon Hayward $30 million. Nick Batum being stretched is now $9 million in the books for the next three years. So they're, in essence, paying $40 million to have Gordon Hayward on the roster. Okay, Gordon Hayward without any injuries ever in his career is still not worth $40 million a year. The season hasn't started. The dude already broke his finger. <laughs> he it's is just a small mis- he's Mr. Glass. He is Mr. Glass right now. He's taking the mantra from like Blake Griffin and stuff. Why would you sign him to that contract? This team obviously wanted to make noise. It's not a basketball thing. It might be partly business, partly basketball. They wanted to make that play in round. We'll see if they do. Nothing makes noise like the sound of breaking a bone. Okay, we're going to go with a uh, worst league pass team. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, that's my pick. Yeah, you're <laughs> right, though. I can think of something exciting to say for pretty much every single team in the league, except the Cavs. What's exciting about the Knicks? R.J. Barrett. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Cavaliers, I mean, uh, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, eh, all right. 
One, I find like when I look at the Cavs uniforms, it makes me not like them more. I, the brown is boring. I would or say the it's Bergen, maroon. The maroon is boring. And like when they're shitty and in their maroon colors, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just like, bleh. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, I think we, of the Cavs and I think like, what is this team doing? I don't really get their... We are back to pre-LeBron Cleveland Cavs. Yeah, it's really sad. And like Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, I know I talk about them. They're kind of like, they're promising. And they got Isaac Okoro, who they reached a little bit <laughs> to get, but... Now they got this wing defender, but I think it's going to get ugly a lot of nights. I don't expect to tune into a lot of Cavs this games this year. This is a team that could regularly get blown out by 30, 40 points. Let's say 20. 20 in this NBA with Edwin Jack and threes? I think 40 is not out of the question. I don't think they're that uncompetitive. I think they're just really boring and I don't care about them. I think they're going to be really bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, breakout player candidate for the East. Who you got? My guy, and I don't want to sound like a homer, but my guy is OG Ananobi. Yeah, I don't think it's a homer move. I think that's a good pick. If you look at this guy, he was a raw prospect when they developed him. He had the body, he had the athleticism, but they're like, ah, basketball skills, not so good. And if you looked at him, he was clunky. He could barely dribble. It was a revelation that he managed to make a jump shot in his first year. They're like, oh my god, he actually could hit a three. And he's gotten better every year since then at low usage. This year, if you look at him already, he looks a little leaner, but beefier, like... He's definitely added good mass. He looks a lot more, as I would put it, fluid. There's more dexterity in his game. He looks more decisive with his uh, with his game plan and what he's doing with the ball. He's going to have a higher usage rate. And Andrew, I've told you this before. I've always been high on OG Ananobi's potential. I really think his potential is kind of like a Metal World piece. Ron Artest guy, I really think he can be that third, that third star or that third player on a good team. Yeah. Scores about 18 points per game in his prime. Locks down the best defender, the best offensive player on the other team. I think that's OG Ananobi. Yeah, you mentioned the Ron Artest comparison before. There are some similarities. I mean, Ron Artest in his prime was the best player on a uh, a team that almost knocked off the Lakers, the championship Lakers in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, the My issue with OG, and I've never been super high on him, but I agree that he's going to have a bigger season, is that I think for a lot of his skill set, the base was low. Like, you texted me a couple days ago watching a preseason game about his handles. And, like, literally, you're describing stuff he's doing that I could do at 12. Yeah, but you're not 6'9 and, like, 240 pounds. I guess that's fair. But that's true. That's how raw he was to start. And for the listeners out there, what I texted him was, like, oh, my God, OG Ananobi on a fast break did a behind-the-back dribble and then dunked it. And maybe that might not sound too impressive for a professional basketball player, but if you've watched OG Ananobi over the course of his career— Last year, had he tried that, he may have just fallen over. Yeah. I mean, he was strictly catch and shoot or catch and pass. <laughs> yeah. And like a little dribbling, but he dribbled pretty poorly. He's looking a little better. I expect him to continue making gains, but I think this year, watch out. All defensive team, I think he's a lock for that. Yeah. And um, maybe a fringe all star guy if people are really noticing his defense. It's a stretch. Maybe, maybe. No, if people notice his defense and he scores like 15 points per game. He could make an all-star team. There's a better chance Lowry and Siakam make the all-star team, which means for us to have three guys on the all-star yeah, team, we have to true. be a top-two seed. That's true. Maybe make it over Siak. I don't know if Siak has a bad year. Dude, if Siak has another bad year, I'm going to drop kick him off the planet. <laughs> okay, wait. Who's your breakout candidate? I don't have one. <laughs> you don't have one? No. I'm Mr. Pessimist. I, I, nobody optimistic this year. Okay, fair enough. Um, we'll go to the next question then. Andrew, who is your most confusing team in the East? Uh, this was a no-brainer for me. Uh, it's the Pistons. Somehow you still haven't moved Rose. You still have an asset in Blake Griffin, which you have failed to move, and I haven't heard his name in any trade talk, which means you're probably not shopping him that heavily. So you're going to just 
continue to be mediocre enough not to get a great pick. Then you go in the offseason, you add Mason Plumlee, Jahil Okafor, Josh Jackson, and Jeremy Grant. Like, what are you doing as a franchise? I don't think they know. <laughs> they don't know. You don't know. I don't know. If you ask, knows. if you ask their GMs, like, what are you doing? He'd be a shrug emoji. Like, right. I don't. This franchise has no direction right now. I'm not really sure what they're doing. They should be tanking, and at the same time, they're throwing. Listen, if you want to know what they should be doing, look at the OKC Thunder. That is exactly what they had assets. They had tradable pieces. They decided it's time for a rebuild. They moved all those pieces, loaded up on young kids and picks galore. That is how you rebuild. I don't okay, know so what they're doing. OKC had a lot doing. better assets than Detroit. Yeah, but you can move Rose and you can move uh, Griffin to a contender. Like, if you're looking at the Hornets in the East, I would have loved to see Blake Griffin there over Hayward. You may still. Well, you may still see Blake Griffin there. Maybe, but they're going to move something. I don't know what they're doing. I'm so glad I'm not a Pistons fan. <laughs> Pistons also low-key. Arguably, were one of my choices for worst league pass team in this conference. I... Don't really care to watch them. But, I mean, like, they're more interesting than the Cavs with Rose and Griffin. I just don't think either of those guys should also, still be on the roster. Ki- also, Killian Hayes, Kevin O'Connor's number one prospect, but probably not as good as number one would suggest, but he, he could be good. Yeah. Uh, he'll get some PT. Uh, for me, it's going to be the Orlando Magic. Yeah, that's fair. It's kind of like a better version of the Pistons, but I don't really know what this team is doing. They bring the same crew that they've had for the last few years. They're pretty much guaranteed to be like either an 8th seed or a 10th seed, somewhere in between there. Like, I don't really know what this team is doing well, because... 8th seed seems high. Like, I got the Pacers 9th. Well, they've been 8th the last two years, right? Yeah, but the Pacers had injuries last year. Like, I'm saying I'll, that's their ceiling. Point is, I don't really see what this team is doing. It's like, what are you trying to accomplish, right, is really what I'm asking. You re-sign Nick Vucevic. I know you like him. You re-sign T. Ross. Like, fair enough. You have Aaron, Evan Fournier. Like, you don't even have that many young, uh, exciting players you're just kind of like there. You're just kind of like in the the dreaded mushy middle, too good to tank, but not good enough to make any noise in the playoffs, except for win the first game of a first round series because they're awesome that yeah, first game. Yeah, I, I have way less expectations for them. Like, I don't think they're going to be anywhere near a playoff spot this year. But they're that's very possible. I mean, they could finish like 13th. Like yeah, that's, that's where that's I have like, them. That's, a, that's definitely like an area they could finish in, but they're not going to be one of the worst, worst teams in the league. Hawks are better than they were last year. The Hornets are better than they the were Hawks last year. The Hawks could very Nets, well be worse than them. The Nets are better? Though. The Hawks could be worse than them. I think like, Not by record. I don't know, man. Like The Hawks really can't defend. Oh, and also the Wiz, right? There's so many teams in the East that are definitely better than they were last year to supersede Orlando. I think if you're splitting the, the, the teams into tiers... I don't. Th- I think you'd be wrong to put the Orlando Magic in a different tier than teams like the Hawks and Wizards. I think they're. Around. Oh, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. What? No. Yeah, I, man. I honestly like. Look, maybe I will be wrong. Maybe I'll be right. But I honestly think that the the, the talent gap between teams like the Wizards, the Magic, the Hawks is not very. Bradley large. Beal and Russ alone put them a step above. That Orlando. team can't defend shit. Orlando can? Yeah, they're actually not a bad defensive Dude, team. There's going to be six now they're going to they're going to it's going to be hurt they're going to hurt by the fact that they lost Jonathan Isaac and that's actually one of the most depressing parts about them. Um, we are spending way too much time talking about the Orlando I Magic. I can I'm, tell you that. I'm good. Point Let's is, get off them. They're confusing. I don't really know what they're doing. Yep. Bad franchise, bad offseason. Um, next big topic, and this one's more fun. Predictions for Russ on Wizards. I think Russ is going to be Russ. I think he's going to be awesome. He's going to be exciting. He's going to be exciting to watch. Low-key, the Wizards may have been my second choice for best league pass team. I think Bradley Beal with Russell Westbrook is electric. Can this team defend? No. Can't defend at all. They were one of the worst defensive teams last year. 
they could fill the ba- the, the basket, but one of the worst defensive teams, what they add, they add an offensive point guard. Yeah. Fine, fair enough. But Bradley Beal, number two in the league last year in point in points per game. He could very well lead the league in points per game if James Harden stays fat and out of shape. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think he could play himself into I'm, shape. I'm going to let you finish, and then I'm going to go because i got some ranting to do about the Wizards. Okay. Um, let me just finish. It wouldn't be a podcast with me if I didn't mention the fact that Davis Bertans, I love that guy. <laughs> I know. The guy can shoot the lights out. Did we you know, know he's you missing a finger on his hand? Missing it as in it wasn't there at birth? Or he misplaced I th- it? <laughs> I think it, I don't think it was there at birth. He has a nub on his, I'm pretty sure it's a shooting hand. On his hand. shooting hand? Yeah, on his shooting hand, hmm. he has four fingers plus a, like a, a nub. Which finger are we talking? I think it's his ring finger on his right hand. Yeah, so that's probably the least important finger doesn't really matter. He shoots the lights out. The guy's great. Thomas Bryant, good breakout candidate. Um, He can shoot a little. He looks pretty promising. Ryu Hachimura, love him. And also Danny Abdiya. I think he was a good pick at number nine for the Wizards in this year's draft. I think they're going to be good. I don't know any of those last guys. I thought you were naming sushi platters. (laughs) I'll take the uh, Danny Abdiya, please. Yeah, the six piece. (laughs) (laughs) The Abdiya rules. Okay, I'm going to go. Yeah. Here's my thoughts on the Wizards. First of all, for Houston, for the Wizards, I understand it. For Houston, I don't understand the Westbrook for Wall trade. Westbrook is John Wall. John Wall is Russell Westbrook. I think Russell Westbrook's a better version. This is my rant. High usage, right? Not a much of a jumper. No real success of winning. Uh, doesn't play great with teammates. Uh, strong handle. Uh, very quick up and down. There was a, a year when uh, end-to-end, Russ and Wall were 1-2 and two for the fastest guys end-to-end in the league. Along with D-Rose. Yeah, um, I don't understand the trade for Houston. It's not even like you're saving any money because they're paid the same. They're both making like $40 million a year. For Houston, I don't get it. For the Wizards, I get it because you want John Wall healthy. Basically, you're getting a healthy John Wall. So I understand that. Now, Bradley Beal is going to feel right at home because playing with Russ is going to be like playing with John Wall. Um, I don't think they're going to be that much better than if John Wall was there. They're going to be exciting. I do love Bradley Beal's skill set because he can literally do it all. There are no flaws in his game. I would love for him to see it be done outside of Washington, but I think he's fine. You're right. He could lead the league in scoring. It's a little less ranty than I was expecting. You know? I just I don't get it. Like I didn't get the trade <laughs> for, the, for the Rockets. What do you want John Wall for? He hasn't played a game since 2018. December 2018 was the last Russ time we saw was, John Wall play a game. Russ was disgruntled. This was really the only trade they could make. and um, So they're going to move Harden, and their team is going to be left with super expensive John Wall, um, no knees DeMarcus Cousins, and angry P.J. Tucker. With a new coach, Maury's gone, and an owner who's oh, basically broke. Plus whoever they got for, John, uh, for James Harden. But you don't have to preach to me about how screwed the Houston Rockets are. We get to that in part two of this NBA preview, but... I agree. They are screwed. They fucked up. They must have traded Russ, one, because he was disgruntled, two, because they really didn't like having him on his team, I guess. Like, they wanted to get rid of the contract, even though they just get another bad contract. But I think what really comes down to is potential behind-the-scenes pressure from agents, like Russ's agent, being like, hey, get him out of here, or else I'm going to tell players, don't come to you, right? Yeah, maybe. That happens a lot. It's about... Keeping goodwill to make sure in the future you can still be a player for things. That's really my only thought process on that. I think Russ with the Wiz is going to be good though. I think he's going to be. It'll I think be fun it's going to be watch. Fun. I think they're going to be a low seeded Eastern Conference team, and I'm I'm kind of down to see Russ in the East. Yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. be fun. It'll be exciting. 
Russ is still someone who sells tickets, too, if you can go to games. Like, I mean, once the Raptors come back to Toronto and you can go to games and stuff, I would love to watch Russell Westbrook play. He's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And Everything like, he does is exciting. He's going to be a big ticket because normally in the West, if you're on the East Coast, you only get to see him once a year. Now you're going to get to see him more often. Yeah, he's still crazy athletic. Um, he can do some really good things on the basketball court. And he'll also make some dumb moves, too. This he, is He's uh, th- all action. This is aside, and, like, I don't know if you've no- noticed this, but there was a meme in the bubble when Russ was yelling at Rondo's brother or something in the stands, but the meme has Westbrook yelling, and then it cuts to, like, Classic. a child <laughs> just eating, like, some popcorn that's or something. Fred, that's Fred Van Vliet's child who's waiting Really? Out. Yeah, that was that's actually... So, that's yeah. a great cut. <laughs> it's a great cut. So yeah, he's funny. just yelling at a little two-year-old who's <laughs> being sweet. Russ would do that, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. That guy's yeah. intense. That guy's all business, which is actually one of the reasons why the Wizards traded for him. The Wizards, they they win this trade because oh, absolutely. John 100%. Wall, uh, Bradley Beal basically went out and said, "It's like I don't trust that John Wall took his rehab on his Achilles as seriously as he could have." Russ is all business. Yeah. So I think that's a benefit for them. Andrew, we are now down to our last question in the Eastern Conference. Let's go. Who do you see as the playing round matchups? Seven versus ten. Versus nine. Okay, so 7-10 matchup I have is the Wizards against the Hornets. Uh, I think the Wiz obviously take that. And then I have the Hawks against the Pacers, and I don't know who's going to take that. That's going to be tight. I don't know. I'm going to go with the Pacers taking the seventh seed, and I say that they are going to play the Hawks in the tenth seed. Okay. And then I'm going with my Magic in the eighth seed playing the Wizards in the ninth seed. So who did you leave off that I had? The Pacers? The Hornets. The Hornets. Okay. You think the Magic are better than the Hornets? Yeah. 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 Right. I, I don't think that. I think the Magic are going to finish below the Hornets. I don't have them in my play. You know what the funny thing is? None of this really matters because none of them are actually real players. Like, <laughs> Well, to be honest, I, I would not be surprised if either the Hawks or Pacers snuck in and, like... They're not going to win a first round. Yeah, but they're not like, going to win a first round. So that's the really, problem. it doesn't matter. Ah, this is, right. These are first round fodder. The East is done. Hope you liked it. If you want to know what's going on in the West, check out part two as we break it all down for you. Anything else you got on the East? Yeah, apologies to Bulls fans. We never got to your team. Uh, what <laughs> the Bulls got going on? Zach Levine's good. They didn't really do anything in the offseason. Kobe White. Yeah. Kobe White. Big next year, next year we'll talk about the Bulls. <laughs> next year we'll talk about the Bulls. Probably Thanks, not. Probably not. Later. <laughs>